I want to invite you all once again to the uh, anniversary that we're having on June 9th. Uh, we're having an anniversary service here. We've got some special things planned uh, for church that morning. And then right after that, we're all heading up to Kinsman and we're going to have a barbecue. And so I know that Sean's already said it, but I'm going to say it again because we're excited about this to get together and hang out with each other and have fun. Uh, there's hot dogs and hamburgers are provided and buns and all that kind of stuff. Uh, if you just want to bring a salad or some chips and pop or whatever, bring some, uh, bring a snack to share with everyone else and then the more food, the merrier, right? And the fuller we'll be and the happier we'll be. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, there'll be some games that we'll be playing, um, kids' games as well. I don't know, maybe there'll be like the egg race and then the, those are fun games, right? We're a fun church. Did you see? Did you see last night that we went line dancing? Did anyone see? Uh, yeah, we line danced at the church and it was so much fun. My ankles were a little bit sore this morning, but it was so much fun. I hope you all enjoyed your long weekend. I know that a lot of you were away and, and uh, were, I don't know, camping or doing lake things or family things, and we missed you. Um, we didn't go to the lake, Jarrett and I. We did house cleaning and Jarrett worked around the salon and we did yard work and uh, one of the nights Jarrett uh, came home kind of late he'd been working at the salon quite late and um, Judah was getting ready for bed I was in my pajamas it was probably about 10 o'clock I'm thinking and Jarrett came home and said we're gonna have a fire and I was like oh god okay well, I gotta change into my outside clothes and and so and Judah was pumped because Judah didn't have to go to bed because dad said he could have a fire with him and Judah doesn't normally get to have a fire with us because well he's nine and before he was young so usually he was in bed by the time it was time to have a fire so we all went outside and uh, Jared is showing Judah how to start a fire how you have to lay the I was gonna say bricks magic fire <laughs> how you um, lay the somebody wood um, specifically so that air can get in it you can't put the wood too close together otherwise the fire won't start or won't stay lit or won't get big whatever and so so Judah's laying um, the wood down the Jarrett and having the best time ever and then so they got the fire started and it's going and and Jarrett is being really intentional and in teaching Judah about fire. And so he's saying, you know, you need to pay attention to the fire. You need to watch it. When the, when the flames start to go down, you need to add another piece of wood to the fire. You need to stoke the fire. You need to be aware of the fire. And so Judah was okay. And so Judah had his stick and he's stoking the fire and he's running to get us more wood and this loving life, right? And so then he has the stick and He's like really holding it in there and he pulls out the stick and it's burning red, but it's not on fire yet. And so Jarrett teaches him that when you blow on the embers, a flame will start. So Judah thinks that's amazing. And so he's doing that for a while. And so then we're, you know, Judah's running around the yard with the stick and he's not really sitting by the fire at all, but enjoying life, right? So then 
Judah has this idea, like, Dad, can I throw some of these leaves and some of the garbage in the yard on the fire? Well, of course you can, right? So Judah grabs some leaves and, and some garbage, throws it on the fire. And uh, then we're like, you know what? Jert and I kind of look at each other like he thinks that he's just having a good time picking up the leaves and the garbage in the yard, right? And we know he's cleaning. So we're like, yeah, you know what? Do more. That's, just keep doing that. So he's grabbing all the garbage, all the leaves, and just tons onto the fire. And we think nothing of it. And, uh, you know, Judah eventually did say to us, I know what you guys are doing. You're making me work. <laughs> so anyway, Judah finds a big pile, and he just keeps throwing it, throwing it, and Jared and I are having a conversation and not really paying attention to the fire until suddenly the fire has gone out. All it is is a smoldering coals, and that's it. And so now, quick, what do we do? So we grab some wood, and we're checking the wood. Is this wet wood? So we throw that on. No, that's not going to burn. And we're trying to find things to burn. We throw some paper in the fire. It burns for a second. The fire goes back down. And finally, Jarrett says, I don't think that throwing the leaves and the garbage on the fire was such a good idea. And then he says, I think the fire is done for the night. And we went inside. And uh, I... I mean, I didn't think much of it until later, and I started to think about it and think about the fire of God in our own life. The Bible says that God is a consuming fire, that when he comes, he's a fire. But there's something about when the fire of God comes that, that, that we keep that fire burning that passion that we have for the things of God burning in our life. And just like we watched Judah and Jared was teaching Judah, you must be aware of the fire. You must pay attention to the fire. You must watch how the flames are burning. You, you must, if it needs more wood, you must go get more wood. Otherwise it goes out. It's the same thing in our life. Where's our fire at? Where's our passion at for the things of God? Please. Ah, shoot, what was I going to say to you, Bill? <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> what? It's too, loud. it's too loud. Say it nicely next time. <laughs> <laughs> but that we must be aware of, of, of the passion that is in our hearts. Are we, are we taking garbage and throwing it on our fire, thinking that it's causing no harm, until suddenly our fire goes out? The Bible says, let me see if I, I'm pretty sure I have it written down. I'm getting ahead of myself. The Bible says in, in 2 Timothy uh, 1 verse 6, it says, I'm writing to encourage you to fan into a flame and rekindle the fire, the spiritual gifts of God. So he's saying, I bring the fire, you fan the flame. Your responsibility. Watch the fire. Revelation, Revelations uh, chapter 3, verse 14, it says, I'm going to start in verse 15. I know all that you do, and I know that you are neither frozen in apathy nor fervent in passion. 
How I wish you were either one or the other, but because you are neither cold nor hot, but lukewarm, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth, for you claim I'm rich and getting richer. I don't need a thing. Yet you are clueless that you are miserable, poor, blind, barren, and naked, so I counsel you to purchase gold, perfected by fire, so that you can be truly rich. Purchase a white garment to cover and clothe your shameful Adam nakedness. Purchase eye salve to be placed over your eyes so that you can truly see, and those I dearly love I unmask and train. So repent and be eager to pursue what is right. Behold, I'm standing at the door knocking. If your heart is open to hear my voice and you open the door within, I will come into you and feast with you and you will feast with me. Father, we open our lives to you this morning to do what you want to do. Father, we want more of you, more of your presence, more of who you are. We want to go deeper into your heart, Father. We thank you for the fire of God this morning to burn in us. Use me however you want to use me this morning, Father. Thank you, Lord. So he's saying, I know all the things that you do. In other words, he's saying, I can see you. I know you. I know your heart. He says, but you're, you're neither hot nor cold. There's no passion in your life. And, and as, as God began to talk to me about the fire of God and, and, and the passion for God, but there's many of us that have lost our passion, our fire. And so what happens when you lose your fire, you lose your passion, you get to this place and you begin to think, is God even real? Or what is all of this about? What's it even for? Is, it, is this worth it? You start to question things like that. Or serving God becomes a chore. When this kind of stuff becomes a chore, you know your fire has gone down. Because passion, passion makes you hungry. Passion makes you excited. That's the fire of God burning in your life. Amen. So he says, I know all the things. I know all the things that you do, but you have no passion for me. You don't burn hot for me. And even says, I, I, I stand at the door and knock. I stand at the door and knock. He said, I want to feast with you. I, I want to be with you. In the Bible, it says, don't restrain and don't put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. Don't restrain and don't put out. I think it's 1 Thessalonians. Don't restrain, don't put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and God was showing me that, that, that there are some of us that, that we 
restrain what the Spirit is doing, that, that God, the Holy Spirit is requiring something of us and we, and we restrain him, we hold him back from moving in our lives or, or it looks different than what we thought it was supposed to look so we restrain the Holy Spirit and when you do that, you put out the fire. Or maybe like Judah, we take garbage and we just keep, we just keep letting it into our lives stuff that, that the Father tells us, you know what, I don't want that for your life, and we just keep taking the garbage and, and, and heaping it until the fire goes out. Don't put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. That's your passion. It's important. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 is where it says, never restrain or put out the... There are many things that that kill your fire or, or put out your fire or, or cause it to just be smoldering. Many things, and I'm gonna talk about a couple today. One is offense. Offense, like we talked about last week, offenses will come. You will get offended at some point. But if offense stays in your life, bitterness, Anger, any of those things will cause the fire to die down because your attention turns from the things of God to the hurts, to the areas in your heart that you won't let go of and your fire goes down. Disappointment causes the fire to go down. When you thought that life was supposed to look different and you thought that God was supposed to come through a certain way or maybe you lost somebody or maybe a relationship didn't work out and you become disappointed and again disappointments will come that's that's a given but it's if you stay in your disappointment instead of going to God in your disappointment, with your disappointment. You know, in the Bible, in the road, on the road to Emmaus, those two men were walking, and, and Jesus had just died on a cross and then rose again, but they didn't know that, so uh, they're walking on the road to Emmaus. They're talking with each other about the events that had happened. They thought that Jesus was the one that was coming to save them and now they've just watched him die. These men are disappointed. And Jesus comes alongside them and they don't even know that it's him, but these two men talking about what's gone on and they say, and Jesus says to them, what are you guys talking about? Don't you know? Are you the only one that doesn't know? Jesus, the one we thought who was going to save us, died. And Jesus begins to walk with them and talk with them in their disappointment. And he begins to tell them the things of, of him in Scripture. And then all of a sudden, they, Jesus is revealed to them. And then he's gone. And this is what they said. Did our hearts not burn within us? When he spoke, did our hearts 
not burn within us. In your disappointment, Jesus has a word for you. The Father has a word for you to get you through it. Distractions, that's That's another way that can cause your fire to go down. That you become distracted with money, distracted with getting more money, so you need to get a job, get two jobs, get three jobs, so you can get the stuff you want, and you become distracted in maintaining the fire. You begin to look away from the fire. You get distracted. Maybe you're like Judah and you've got your stick and you're running around the yard with it. You become distracted. And your walk with God, your relationship with God gets put on the back burner. You become obsessed with materialism. Not that things are bad to have, but if those things have you, that's where the fire dies down. Or maybe you're obsessed with social media. Maybe you, you, you can't seem to get off Facebook or get off Instagram or get off Snapchat or you, you know, like it becomes something that is controlling your life. Again, you become distracted from the things of God and it turns your attention elsewhere. Or maybe you're just distracted by your own self. You know, you know, we've been learning on Wednesday nights about taking our thoughts captive. The Bible even talks about it, that you can, you can be aware of what you're thinking and hold every thought captive. Your mind can be a distraction. That's why the Bible says, think on these things. It caused the fire to go out. Don't restrain, do not put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. Your passion. Romans 12, verse 1 says, Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred living sacrifice and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart, for this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Worship is when you sacrifice yourself. In the Old Testament, the, um, they would give animal sacrifices for the atonement of sin. In the New Testament, Jesus died as a sacrifice for your sin. There does not need to be another sacrifice for your sin. However, God requires us, wants us to live a life of sacrifice, of sacrificing our life, of laying down the things. Now look, fire falls on sacrifice. Fire falls on sacrifice. And, and God was showing me that there have been those that God has asked you to sacrifice something, to lay down something, to give up something, to give a part of your life, and you have resisted it. Like the scripture says, you've restrained the spirit. 
because you didn't want to sacrifice those things and your fire has gone out and you thought that it wasn't that big a deal if you just stayed here and now you're stuck in this place going, what? where's God? I don't feel God. What's going on? When he required sacrifice of you. Fire falls on sacrifice. It goes on to say in verse 2, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as we live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion towards Him boiling hot. Look at it, it says, keeping your passion towards him boiling hot. Radiate with the glow of the spirit and let him fill you with excitement as you serve him. Another way that you can let your fire go out is striving. Is striving. Is trying to earn love from the Father. Just trying to do things in your own strength. And this is so crazy because this is where God began to talk to me about. I, and, and you know that if you've attended embassy for a long time, you know that I am a big proponent on speaking against striving. That it's relationship, not religion. And uh, I, I was in prayer the other day and, and I was spending time with God and and I had my eyes closed and, and I had this vision or um, uh, yeah, a picture in my head. Uh, and, and what it was, was I saw God reach inside me and I saw him grab my heart. And I could see him holding it and I thought, this is so beautiful. God's holding my heart. And then I saw him begin to blow on my heart and, and he was blowing on it and he was blowing on it. And I thought, okay, cool the breath of God that's he's blowing breath into me I, and then I saw my fire or my heart start on fire and I knew exactly I knew exactly what was happening in that moment and I started to cry because I remember when I first became pastor a good friend of mine was like I'm I'm so excited. I'm so excited that you're pastor and, and this is great and it's God and it's awesome. But something scares me about it. And I was like, what? what? That you would lose that passion, that relationship, that innocence that you have with the Father and it would become about striving and doing the things you need to do. And I said, never. Not me. I wouldn't. It's, that's who I am. That's my relationship. And then here I'm sitting in a chair recognizing that God's holding my heart, breathing on it, breathing it back to life, breathing the passion back into my heart. And I realized I got into striving. It became about the things that I need to do. And I know that there's some of you that same thing, it became about the things you needed to do instead of the love and the relationship and the innocence that you have with the Father. It made your fire die down. And then he gave me this verse from Galatians 3. 
What happened to you, Galatians, to be acting so foolishly? I read it. What happened to you, Megan, <laughs> to be acting so foolishly? You must have been under some evil spell. Didn't God open your eyes to see the meaning of Jesus' crucifixion? Wasn't he revealed to you as the crucified one? So answer me this. Did the Holy Spirit come to you as a reward for keeping the Jewish laws? No, you received him as a gift because you believed in the Messiah. Your new life in the Anointed One began with the Holy Spirit giving you a new birth. Why then would you so foolishly turn from living in the Spirit by trying to finish your own works? Living in the Spirit is a life of obedience, so let me tell you this. It's okay that I am being real with you this morning. I'm not perfect. I hope you don't think that. Dear God, I hope you don't think that. Living in the Spirit is living a life of obedience. There were things that God had asked me to sacrifice, asked me to lay down, and I took my sweet time. And I, and I wrestled with it, and I, and I didn't know how is this going to work, and what, you know, how does this work out, and uh, you know. And in my taking my time and holding my sacrifice back from God is how I got into striving. Because I knew it was something that he was requiring of me to sacrifice, but I wouldn't do it. So then the work and the passion became harder because I was holding a sacrifice back from him. And so here it's saying living in the spirit. How come you've left from living in the spirit? that God requires obedience of you. He's asking for your own good, for your own good. He's like, I've got something amazing for you, but it's gonna mean that you're gonna have to obey. You're gonna have to sacrifice some things or give up some things. And we hold a piece of ourselves back, but it's for your own good. But in that, we step out of the spirit and begin to operate in the flesh. It goes on to say, have you endured all these trials and persecutions for nothing? Verse five. Let me ask you again, what does the lavish supply of the Holy Spirit in your life and the miracles of God's tremendous power have to do with you keeping religious laws? It was like he's saying to me, have to do with you striving and have to do with you. The Holy Spirit is poured out upon us through the revelation and power of faith, not by keeping the law. But if you choose to live in bondage, under legalistic rule of religion, you live under the law's curse, for it is clearly written, utterly cursed is everyone who fails to practice every detail and requirement of the law. So you're striving, and you're living under religious re regulations, and, you, and you're stepped out of the spirit, and, and it says, Anyone who chooses to live that is cursed, not that Jesus curses you. His life is freedom and blessing. But you put yourself under that, and what happens when there's, when there's a curse? What happens? There's no fruit being produced. What happens when the fig tree was cursed? No fruit was produced. So I'm in that place 
where I realize that my fire at best is just kind of there, smoldering, not lit, not nothing. And I know, I know by the Spirit of God that there are those, if not many, that are in the exact same place that I am. And, and God said, I am going to light the fire again, but you need to know that you need to pay attention to the fire. Amen. Generations, the generations to come are at stake. I would bet you that the world that we're in right now, the things that are going on around us right now, are because Christians, many of them, let the fire die down. That the youth are, 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 are floundering and there's things going on because there was no passion, there was no fire in people. They let it die down. It became okay to be mediocre. And God says, it's not okay that you're mediocre. I want you to burn hot. We were talking the other day at the church. I had to do a video for millennials and what millennials are like. And uh, so in, in that conversation, we were having a conversation of millennials. We started to talk about the next generation and how, you know, we should begin to uh, be having that conversation about the next generation, which is Generation Z. And, and so then I really began to think about it, like, God, what generation Z, like, okay, so, you know, uh, you know, that's ages, I think, 7 to 24, so, like, how do we reach them, and how, you know, and I, I was standing in my closet. And he said, I'll tell you how you reach them. You get authentic. They don't want fake. They want the real presence of God. They want to see. They want to see God in action. There were other generations that were okay and would sustain themselves kind of like being mediocre, but this generation, they won't. And then it was like this intense this it was so intense it came on it's like you have a responsibility to burn with passion to burn with the fire of God not just for you and not just for the world around you but for the generations to come fan the flame fan the flame In Song of Solomon, verse, chapter 5. Um, Song of Solomon is a uh, book in the Bible that is between lovers. But it's also... Um, it's also a picture of Jesus and his church and his bride, which is us. And uh, so in, in chapter 5, in verse 1, it's talking about 
Jesus is talking to his church and he's saying, like, I'm incredibly in love with you and, and I'm just, you know, I adore you and I just, I think everyone's going to see how beautiful and how wonderful you are. And so he's saying these things. And then in verse two, the bride, the church, read it like this, answers back to Jesus. And it says it like this. After this, this is what the, the bride is saying back. After this, I let my devotion slumber. But my heart for him stayed awake. After this, I, I let my devotion, I, I, I came to know him and I was excited for him and, and I was excited about the presence of God. But then after that, I let the fire die. After that, I maybe wasn't as devoted to him as I should be. Then she says, I had a dream. I dreamed of my beloved. He was coming to me in the darkness of night. The melody of a man I love awakened me. I heard his knock at my heart's door as he pleaded with me. There he is knocking at the door again. And then Jesus says to her, arise, my love. Open your heart, my darling, deeper still to me. Will you receive me this dark night? There is no one else but you, my friend, my equal. I need you this night to arise and come be with me. You are my pure, loyal dove, a perfect partner for me, my flawless one. Will you arise? For my heaviness and tears are more than I can bear. I have spent myself for you through the night. He says, open your heart to me deeper, deeper still to me. Can, can you come deeper? Can you come deeper? And I think a lot of times is the Holy Spirit, Jesus will begin to woo us. Let's, let's go deeper. And that's when we quench him. That, that's far enough. Because look at, she replies back after he says, will you open your heart to me and come deeper? She replies back, I have already laid aside my garments for you. How could I take them up again? Since I've yielded my righteousness to yours, you have cleansed my life and taken me so far. Isn't that enough? I've done this and I've done that. I, I, I asked you into my heart, you know, and, and I've, I've, I've changed things in my life. I got rid of some things. And he's like, great, I love it, Roberta, deeper, deeper. I've done those things though, isn't it enough? And God is asking things of you to so open your heart, sacrifice some more for me, sacrifice some more so that the fire can fall. Isn't it enough? And he's at the door knocking at him. Come on, come on. And I just know that there's some that have been kicking and fighting and wrestling with God because I, what you're requiring of me is, but God wants to fall his fire on that sacrifice. Praise and worship team, you can come.
Can you turn the lights down, please? We sang, in fact, can we, can we go back into uh, You Revive Me? We sang that song, You Revive Me, and I believe that God is going to blow on hearts this morning whose fire has gone out or gone down. And, and maybe, you got, maybe you got into offense. Maybe you got into to bitterness and anger and you just have kept that on a wheel and you've realized that, hey, I, my heart isn't where it used to be. I once burned with passion for God and now I'm finding it really hard. And God is speaking to you this morning saying, you need to let those things go. Let those things go. Sacrifice those things. Or maybe it's disappointment. I don't know. I don't know why this happened, God. I became so disappointed. My heart broke, God. It just seemed like it was disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. And Jesus says, I want you to lay those things on the altar too. Surrender those things to me. Let me speak to you in the middle of those disappointments. so that the fire can burn bright again. Or maybe it's distraction. That you've been distracted. You know, like Judah was teaching, or Jared was teaching Judah, you can't lay, you can't lay the wood so close together that the oxygen can't get in. That the air can't get in for the fire to move. Maybe you've become so distracted, you've laid too much stuff on your fire. that it hasn't allowed the breath of God to breathe in. You've become distracted. Who hurts and, and wounds in your life? Come on, hear God calling you this morning. Or maybe you're like me and you got into striving, you got into works. Instead of, instead of you and God together, it became you alone, striving. And your fire went out, just trying to do the things and became exhausted. But also no, it was because I, I wouldn't lay down my sacrifice that he was asking. When the fire of God comes, conviction comes. So if you're being convicted this morning, it's the fire of God. But the fire of God stays with obedience. When you obey. So I'm gonna make an altar call I want to pray with you. If you want that fire 
to burn in your life again, that you say, yeah, the fire has gone out or gone down or it's not burning bright and I have some things I need to do business with God, whatever it is, I wanna burn with passion. I wanna take the responsibility and say, I, I wanna burn with passion. Or maybe, maybe you are someone younger and you say, you know what? I, I've never burned with passion. I don't, even, I don't even know what that feels like. I wanna pray with you for that too. That the fire of God would revive us again, that we would be the burning ones. That embassy, that, that we would be the burning ones and that when people come in contact with us, they would see the fire and they would begin to burn too. That we would be the ones that burn with passion for the Father spread that fire we're going to go back into that song and, and, and if you want prayer I want to pray with you and you revive